Join us for Xam Expert Day, a one-day virtual conference with deep dives into everything Xamarin on October 2nd. Visit XamExpertDay.com for more info. That's XamExpertDay.com. On episode 46, I speak to John Dick about what's coming up with .NET MAUI. Welcome to another episode of Dev Talk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is John Dick, better known as Redth on Twitter and everywhere else. John is a principal engineer at Microsoft, and he's engineering lead for the transition to the to .NET 6, so for the Xamarin to .NET 6. Welcome, John. Hey, how's it going? I'm very good. Uh, six hours ahead of you. Uh, you still have have the day in front of you. Uh, how are things in Canada? They are going pretty well. Um, you know, we're we're kind of dealing with uh, things one day at a time. The the big thing here now is school is going back in, and everyone's kind of watching and seeing what happens. How are things where you are? Uh, things are good in Germany. Worried about the school openings too, which was like three weeks back. And so far, nothing to report. So that that's always good, I guess. That's good. We're hopeful that we follow a you know similar trend seeing some of the other countries a couple of weeks ahead of us. Yeah. John, you are a fellow podcaster and I love your podcast, Gone Mobile. Why, thank you. That's so kind. Uh, likewise, I'm I'm a big fan as well. Um, you know, there's uh, more time, but less commuting time these days to listen to podcasts. So it's it's kind right. of hard to get them all in now. Same issue. So you're doing me a favor and not publishing any new episodes. Yes. Um, right now, but uh, I I don't I haven't heard an official cancellation. So I'm assuming your podcast is still there and you're going to find the time for more more episodes. Yeah, you know, Greg Shackles and I have talked a, a few times off and on. And you know, it's something that we keep both saying, yeah, we really need to get back and doing more episodes. And you know, finding time is, is always one of the challenges. So um, you know, maybe this will uh, reinvigorate my spirits and, and I'll set up a, a date and I'll make Greg get on the, the line and we'll, we'll get some out. Right. I guess you used to be in, in the same time zone and now that's not the case anymore since Greg moved to where the, the fires are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit more difficult, but I mean, on the plus side, he's not going outside very much these days, so he should have more time to, you know, record podcasts, right? I suppose, yeah. Yeah, uh, get that going again. So Gone Mobile, a link to that podcast, and there are very interesting episodes for all mobile developers there, uh, leaning towards Xamarin development. Uh, that's also because of the, the host's backgrounds, uh, yeah. similar to this podcast. So so go check it out. Uh, John, you are, uh, you've got a big task ahead of you with the team of moving... Or, or integrating what was once known as Xamarin into .NET. How, how are you uh, coming along with that? Uh, I think we're actually, you know, kind of ahead of our new schedule, which is in a huh? .NET 6 time frame instead of, a, you know, a .NET 5 time frame. Um, you mm -hmm. know, given all the, the factors uh, globally going on and everything, um, you know, we really wanted to, to take a step back and make sure that we didn't rush something out the door that wasn't ready um, and I think that was a good decision. We're in a really good spot right now, given that .NET 5 isn't, you know, even completely out yet. And so mm -hmm. we've got a fair bit of time to you know, finish that transition to .NET 6 and, and provide a really good experience for developers. And are you on the side that's only doing forms or are you also moving that other stuff over? 
Um, so there's there's a, f- a bunch of people involved, obviously, in, in this in an effort like this. And you know, the the forums team is sort of taking lead on uh, making sure that Maui uh, uh, gets out and that forums gets uh, moved over and migrated, and everything you know works in a, a wonderful new world of .NET six. Um, there's obviously a lot of moving pieces uh, with those things as well. And, and the team that um, I work with uh, mostly day to day, we're kind of getting the core build pieces of the platform um, working under a .NET, uh, core.NET environment and um, basically, you know, making sure that everything builds properly, uh, that we can run applications. We're working with the runtime teams for both iOS and Android to make sure that um, things work smoothly there. And of course, there's the mono team that we uh, spend a lot of time uh, planning and, and working out because they've got to do things like implement um, you know, all the different APIs on, on the native uh, platforms. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, we're, it's kind of this really big uh, multiple team effort that uh, is, is pushing towards this goal. Okay. Specifically, you're moving everything that used to be what we, some, some would call Xamarin platform or Xamarin native. You're moving that into the .NET namespace. That's one big thing that's happening. There's a couple different um, efforts. I in mean, the one system of them namespace. It, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the you know the, the there was a plan to uh, move uh, a bunch of different things like in forms and in essentials over to system namespaces. So you know we're looking at that, mm-hmm. um, and and that's you know kind of interestingly enough maybe one of the the least kind of um, impactful areas. I mean, certainly it, it impacts customers' code, and there'll be some you know some migration and stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some more interesting things going on as part of that process. Now, from like the, the Maui perspective, I don't know how much uh, David talked about this. I see he was uh, you know, more recently uh, a guest on your show. Um, but there, there's some plans. Please dive to, in. Yeah. Yeah. There's some plans to like improve um, the renderer architecture and how things are kind of built out there. And you know, just generally kind of revamp the, the whole um, experience so that it, it's you know, better for developers and it's faster and easier to use. Um, so that's kind of the Maui side of it. Um, and then we've got, um, you know, the core actual platform APIs that you you know for Android and for iOS, those are all staying the same. Those will they'll be in .NET 6, they'll be there for you, they'll work. Uh, and then Essentials is kind of similar in that we're, we're looking at, um, you know, maybe some some namespace changes there, uh, but mm-hmm. generally all the APIs as you you know them are, are going to be mostly there the same for you. So, you know, the, the goal is really to make that migration experience not, not too painful for developers, um, but to provide all of the, you know, the, the runtime that you would expect um, in a d- new .NET 6 world. I, I was talking to a customer today and they're thinking about a new development that is to be released in a, in a couple of years. And uh, they heard about Maui and they are a little bit worried to start something now when Maui is on the horizon. And uh, I, I also saw... Uh, David Orton, I was posting something on Twitter yesterday, I think, where he was he was trying to calm people down who were like believing uh, you wouldn't be able to do XAML with Maui, and right. and I had a, had a closer look at it, at that today, and it, it seems like Maui is more of an evolution, right? It's not something completely new. It's got a new name, but it, it's more of taking what what you learn from Xamarin Forms and moving that into the future, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we know that, you know, XAML is a big deal for a lot of customers and there's a lot mm-hmm. of XAML already out there. Um, I have my own app that uses XAML primarily. 
Uh, and that will definitely continue to be supported. And, um, I, and, you know, that's not something that I think anyone needs to worry about is going away. Uh, what they are trying to do on, on that team is provide uh, customers with new ways to or alternative ways to write their UI, declare that in their code. Um, so you start to look at patterns like we see with, you know, Swift UI um, or Android, um, the uh, Jetpack Compose stuff, where there's a lot more MVU pattern going on uh, or MVU-like pattern. And so we just really, you know, I think that the goal is to give customers a choice when they're building out their applications and and kind of meet them where they're comfortable to be. Um, mm-hmm. and, and certainly where, you know, a lot of people are comfortable to be is, is XAML and we'll, we'll continue to you know push that forward as well. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, people that, that are moving from the WPF world, Silverlight world, they're probably more comfortable with with MVVM pattern, seeing seeing the XAML and and feeling at home right away. But I, I suppose as as time goes by, uh, you won't find uh, many people transitioning from Silverlight anymore, and uh, <laughs> people coming from college, they're they're probably likely to to hop on one of the the more modern technologies like MVU or or the it seems to be all the rage, you know, like Swift GUI is doing it, Flutter is doing it, and yep. uh, I I think it's it's a good idea, but it, it is just one way of doing things, right? Yeah, and I don't like even as a you know if I put on my developer hat when I build my the the app that I build uh, you know as a hobby, I kind of think that I might be in a world where I want to use both of them anyway. There's there's certain scenarios where one may be more useful to me than others. Um, and certainly like, I don't want to rewrite all my, my XAML code completely into some new architecture just because, you know, it's the new cool thing to do. So, uh, there's definitely a lot of people out there that I would expect to be in a similar place. Can you perhaps talk a little bit about what that's going to feel like or what cases those are that, that you would say they're more suited to using MVU? Um, it, it might still be a bit of preference, to be honest, um, but I look at some of the parts in my own app. So I've, I've got this app, you know, it's a swimming pool chemical calculator, basically. Uh, and so I've got some screens in the app that have a lot of different input fields and a lot of different um, sort of labels that change based on any one of those input fields changing. And what mm-hmm. I'm what I kind of find with like traditional uh, data binding is that using those kind of uh, triggers, like getting property change and stuff ends up kind of like creating this wave of property changes and they kind of ripple out throughout the whole screen. Um, okay. So it, it, it's maybe not like the, the most you know high performance screen that I could possibly make. Um, and maybe I could achieve the same result with, with XAML, but I feel like in, in this case, maybe the MBU pattern would actually be helpful in, in creating a more simplistic screen, right? Where it's kind of that that pattern mm-hmm. where your state changes um, and, you know, you kind of calculate your new state and redo the whole view hierarchy based on that new state instead of having, you know, different data bindings trigger other data bindings firing and property changes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So right now you're responsible for triggering all those updates by raising property changed. So, yeah, I use I use a lot of two way data binding bindings, right? Mm-hmm. And in the future with MVU, you basically have everything representing the view in one model and you just swap out the model for a new one with the updated properties. And then this gets reflected in the UI and you don't have to worry about what has changed. That's what the framework will do for you. Yeah. If you go take a look at something like um, James Clancy has a, a 
library or an effort called Comet that already mm-hmm. kind of does some of this in C sharp. And that that's if you look at some examples of his code, that's probably kind of the best way to illustrate, you know, the the whole pattern of like, oh, you're tracking a state object, and when that state ob- object changes, um, your sort of view hierarchy can update, and then the the changes can be reflected on the screen. Okay, and so, but it's the the in what is it immutable pattern uh, like the the model never changes you just replace it with a new model that has some yeah uh, maybe copy something over from the old one yeah now I'm I'm not entirely sure under the hood what like Comet does I think James has something where he kind of does some kind of diff detection between the old model and the new model um, mm-hmm. there's certainly optimizations that can be made uh, at that layer um, but yeah that that's that's basically the idea. Yeah, I suppose, uh, and and he's still stuck on C sharp eight, so C sharp nine will bring some of that immutability or the, these these what are the new new class types that what are they called? Oh goodness, I feel like I'm still remembering to use C sharp eight things in code, uh, let alone C sharp <laughs> property nine. classes or no no they're um, I'm going to look it up, <laughs> but they're they're new new class types where you can easily. Uh, you, you don't have to have the, all this boilerplate. Uh, you, it's easy to copy from an existing uh, class in, into a new one and just modifying some of the properties. And yeah, uh, I, I know what feature you're talking about, and I can't, I yeah. can't remember the name either. <laughs> um, I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, that's the the Maui side. Uh, I, I also saw the like the single project, uh, different as uh, different CS proj file format or the the newer format and um, multiple views was also a feature I saw today. Um, so the you can have this is probably more aimed at the desktop world or multiple windows at the same time. Is that something you know about? Um, that one I'm not familiar with, but I mean, certainly, um, you know, when we start talking about like the new SDK style projects and um, uh, some of the the kind of pleasantries that that provides, like that's that's where a lot of um, the team that, I, that I'm working on day to day with is is kind of uh, at that level. Um, and we're yeah. certainly uh, working on, you know, defining exactly what that single project experience looks like. I know we showed off a little bit of it um, at Build earlier this year, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a vision of what we we're trying to achieve. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking at that. Um, if you haven't gone in and used or seen or heard about uh, the Resizatizer uh, NT NuGet package that I made with, you know, what a lovely, great name, not confusing <laughs> at all. Um, go check that out because that's that's got a good sort of like uh, intro to to where we're kind of thinking of things are going uh, for a .NET 6 world in a single project format. Um, so we know that there's a few painful areas in in creating apps, right? You know, it, image management um, that's that's been a a big pain on Android. You have to go uh, create how many different versions of the images for all the different display resolutions, uh, dis- display densities. Uh, same with iOS, although it's maybe to a lesser degree, and, and pretty much every platform has some variation of this. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is is kind of create some space for developers to be able to manage that on a cross cross platform level yeah. uh, instead of having to do it in, for each individual platform. And I think in practice, it's not uh, you know it, it saves a lot of time, and, and the idea is is fairly simple, and it's the implementation isn't too crazy either. So. Um, you'll still be able to drop down to native level. Like if you have an Android resource that you need um, mm. specifically for Android, you can certainly do that. Um, you know, we never want to take that ability away. 
uh, in a, and so we're just trying to find ways to kind of make it easier for new developers and make um, it easier to, to manage your project, even if you're an experienced developer. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea because you, you're really taking advantage of that, that cross-platform approach, uh, whereas before you would, uh, th there were some areas where you had to worry about each platform, like the you know, go down into the info P list and, and add some some operating system features, uh, things like that. You, you still, they're very platform specific. You still have to do that. But I mean, images, I, I can understand why, why would you make separate images for Android when, when it's basically the same thing? Yeah. And there, there's, you know, there's other aspects to single project like that, that we're, we're looking at, uh, as well. And I mean, even something like, you know, an, an info P list or an Android manifest, I mean, there's, there's things that are in common, uh, across platforms that we could probably do an okay job of, you know, having it somewhere that you can, you can do once and we can kind of fill in the, the, the blanks on each individual platform for you. Um, certainly mm -hmm. at, at some point, you know, you might end up doing something that, uh, will definitely require you to drop down to the platform specific level. Uh, and that's okay. We, we know that's going to happen. I think the idea is that we want to, uh, you know, make that in as infrequent as possible. Um, and especially for all the, the sort of common paths that developers hit. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that's also always a good part about Xamarin is that you can go all the way down, mm -hmm. and uh, then then at that point there there's nothing you you couldn't do with uh, natively that you you cannot do with Xamarin. Um, so I, I I actually looked it up. So they're called records. Ah and, yes. Uh, the the current syntax is like public data class and then class name. So the keyword data in front of the class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And in its accessors, read-only fields, uh, yeah, things like that. So um, um, it's going to, going to be interesting. <laughs> I have to remember all that stuff now. Yeah, and that that's like one of the you know the the nice selling points of of moving Xamarin to a .NET Core world is we're finally unifying unifying the platforms, and you know you get those things kind of for free on Xamarin once they come out in .NET Core. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that that wor those worlds to finally merge and we're you know an actual one.net. Yeah, and they have this nice syntax where you go var uh, or I'll just read this var other person equals person with and then uh, curly braces and then you you set one property differently than than it is set in in the one you're copying from. So you copy from some other uh, record but you modify something along the way so that nice that's nice features yeah <laughs> uh so out is there anything outside of maui or, or what we talked about so far that that you're still working on for this transition yeah i mean one of the um one of the other things uh if you're familiar at all with how uh, you have different project types for different things that you want to do in xamarin um, for mm -hmm. instance you might have you know a binding project or a library project for ios um so one of the efforts that we're making in this whole, like, it's not really single project related, but it kind of is in the sense that, um, you know, going forward, there is no uh, binding project type. There is no library project type. It's just a .NET project. And if you want to mm -hmm. have, um, you know, jar files or AAR files that you want to bind in those projects, you just include them in. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's not any kind of special project format. So we're we're really putting a lot of focus and emphasis on, uh, you know, making things a little bit easier to, to kind of digest for .NET developers and uh, more standardized in the sense that you don't have all these kind of different like weird 
um, ways that different parts of the ecosystem work for Xamarin. Okay, that's nice. So you're going to have have to uh, you can make a binding to a native library without a binding project in the future. You just put it in the same project. Yeah, you could put it in the same project. You could have a different okay. project if you'd like to to reference mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not going to be necessary to do that anymore. Um, and so okay. we're we're there's a lot of little improvements sort of around um, those little paper cut areas that you know people kind of worked around them in the past, and you you could figure out what to do, but it didn't necessarily make the most sense the way it was implemented. Yeah. So anything else there? Yeah, the the other big thing that we're we haven't really gotten into actual optimization yet of it, um, but one of the big things that we're starting to look at and starting to measure more and more as we have things actually running uh, in .NET is performance and application size. We know that those are important things to our customers, um, and so those mm-hmm. are things that we are you know going to be continually monitoring. Uh, we've done a lot of work around sort of like internal infrastructure for monitoring statistics around those things like you know how how uh, big is your application um you know what's the startup time of your application and we can track those across changes uh, to our code bases uh and then the other part of it is is build performance um so that's kind of traditionally been an area of focus for the team that I, I work with and we're taking the opportunity of moving to .NET 6 to kind of get rid of some deprecated stuff and clean up our code bases um, and we think we can improve build performance at the same time. And that's that's kind of another area that we have a lot of, we've spent a lot of time creating, you know, infrastructure to do a better job of tracking internally. Um, so, you know, the the interesting thing is we should see, uh, I would say, you know, the best build times that that we've had uh, from a Xamarin uh, platform. And then, yeah, we're, we're not uh, too far into actually looking into the optimization of like startup times or um, actual app sizes. Uh, but from what we've seen so far, they're actually pretty good already. So we're not too far off of where we want to be. Um, so that's promising. Yeah. Anything else you're working on for the for the platform or for for the, this transition? Um, I think that's you know that's a pretty good summary. The the things we've done uh, kind of leading up to that too. We've spent some more time recently on on Xamarin Essentials. Um, you'll see a new release of that coming out shortly, a 1.6 release. Uh, and that will work with, with existing Xamarin. Um, so we wanted to get some of these bigger changes to Essentials in before we uh, kind of did that whole process of migrating to make sure everything's working how we need it to on, on .NET 6. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple big things that went into it for us are we, we recently merged uh, media picker functionality, uh, some file picker functionality, Um, trying to think of some of the other PRs that got in there, um, you know, a screenshot API, there's been a few kind of like bigger foundational pieces that, you know, our customers have for the longest time, like, oh, we want media picker. And yeah, we, we know we, we want to have it there and and we agree. Um, we just needed to do some, some preliminary work to make sure that, you know, we could do that properly. Um, so that's kind of exciting. I mean, there's, it's always nice when you can get rid of more, you know, dependency service type code in your app or, um, you know, use one less plugin than you were using before. Um, and yeah. that's, that's really going to continue to be the goal of Essentials is just to provide those APIs where it makes sense to developers so that, you know, you can just use it out of the box. I, I haven't followed Essentials in a while. Is it, are, are there still like what used to be plugins being added into that or, or is it like, like fixed at this point? 
Uh, no, I mean, we, we're constantly, uh, I wouldn't say constantly, that's probably not fair. We, we do add new stuff occasionally. And lately, we've kind of been on a, a bit of a streak of, of adding new features. I'm just kind of scrolling through the, the closed uh, merged PRs. And, you know, like I said, file picker, uh, we have mm-hmm. like haptic, haptic feedback APIs, we have con- uh, a contact picker API. Um, we added, and this was an older version, but we added web authenticator uh, in more recent versions. Mm-hmm. What else do we have in here? There's all sorts of goodies. Oh, macOS support finally. So, um, you know, just a lot of um, kind of smaller pieces um, or a few bigger kind of uh, long, outstanding, long-standing uh, API requests, just kind of getting that library to be, uh, again, kind of a, a toolbox of everything you might need. Yeah, I suppose the macOS support is also part of that that transition because you're going to be making uh, more platforms directly supported by Microsoft. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I saw for Maui, that's going to be macOS and Windows. It used to be just U, UWP. And what is it now? Do you know, is it WinUI or... Uh, I'm not entirely sure where that ended up landing, so I'm I'm not going to comment on that and be incorrect okay. and have David come uh, tell me that I I didn't <laughs> say the right thing. Um, no, but uh, yeah, no. I think uh, if you go to the Maui repo, there's probably some information about um, you know what the actual Windows implementation is going to look like and some of the specs. Yeah, I was talking to to that customer today, and uh, we were. Uh, we were wondering about cross-platform technology in general. And um, I think what we're seeing in, uh, so the customer was in Switzerland, uh, I was in Germany. At least what we're seeing in these countries is a move uh, from companies towards the towards going all native. So the, developing two apps at the same time, I'm seeing the the Xamarin technology, or what's what's now moving to Alto.net, is becoming better and better, just just uh, month after month. And um, I I I was wondering where that. I I don't know if it's just just perceived. Or it's not actually the case. I I didn't look at any any numbers, but I I we, we were wondering about why why that might be the case. I I don't know if you can even comment on that, but it, you know. When when Xamarin Forms came out, uh, it was probably not a good time to start using that in your your <laughs> consumer app. And from from then, it's just gotten better and better. And still, maybe some people have some. Uh, maybe they tried it too early or something like that, and they say, "Oh, I don't want to do Xamarin Forms anymore. I'll, I'll just just go all all native." Do you, do you have any idea, or is that a trend that you're seeing also? Um, I think like. I mean, with Xamarin Forms, yeah. The interesting thing, though, is if if people don't know the history of Xamarin Forms, mm-hmm. uh, is that like you know, way back before Microsoft, uh, way back when we were we were Xamarin, um, Xamarin Forms was kind of it was made as a a, a prototyping library, essentially. Yeah. Like, what can we make that customers can quickly prototype a, a quick cross platform app with? Um, and there was such, you know, customer demand uh, not not long after that that hey, this thing that could actually um, be a a real uh, framework that we can make not just prototype apps but actual, um, you know, whatever enterprise consumer level apps, uh, you name it. And so I, I guess I can't comment a whole lot on you know kind of seeing any trends towards going back and, and making um, native apps on on each platform. I mean, we certainly. 
are seeing a, a really strong interest in in forms uh, and Maui in the .NET six world, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the um, you know a lot of the the options that we're adding in terms of like oh if you want to use C sharp to declare your UI, I mean there's already some some better APIs now to do that in forms, and we're we're adding uh, you know like an MVU like uh, support to it, uh, and renderers are getting a lot uh, better to to write and and, pro- and you know looking at the spec they should be faster uh, and kind of a better performance at runtime thing as well. So, uh, and, and I also kind of, from time to time, look and see what, um, different people are building with forms apps. And a lot of times it's, it's not even looking at, um, actual apps that they've built in or out in the store. But if you ever look at like some of the, like Kim Phillips has, is always coming up with, you know, interesting implementations of popular apps or dribble, you know, uh, projects, mm-hmm. uh, using Xamarin forms and kind of showing off like what you can actually achieve with a forms app. Yeah. Um, because I think that's been, you know, one of the challenges is, uh, developers, like you said, maybe they tried it too early or maybe they don't fully understand, uh, what it is and what you can achieve with it. Uh, I know I've seen a f- my fair share of comments on Reddit or Twitter that, you know, kind of say like, well, it's, it's, you can't, you can't do this with it. You can't do that with it. And well, no, mm-hmm. you're actually um, like I mentioned, I've, I've got my own app that I build on the side and, uh, you know, I've, I, I, it's been excellent using forms and it's it's certainly afforded me the the time uh to create the app that i otherwise wouldn't have had i mean i i don't have enough uh days hours in the day after my day job to create uh, a swift app and a kotlin app and you know figure out the business logic in between so Mm. um, i think you know we're seeing enough uh interest in in this going forward that uh you know we're just going to keep pushing the boundaries of of what people think you know you can do with the forms app and um that that really i think is the best way to kind of uh, show what you can do and, and have it speak for itself. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just found that that's interesting that I, I have the feeling the cross-platform or especially Xamarin is getting better and better. And still, I don't see uh, more people moving in that, in that direction. So that, that was just, just an observation. And, but just from, from my limited perspective here in, in part of Europe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I think the other interesting thing is there's a lot of um, .NET developers out there in the world, right? That might not be yeah. mobile developers today, um, but certainly would find uh, mobile development more comfortable, I think, in a, a Xamarin world. And I think as, as we move to, to .NET 6 and single project and you know all of these efforts that we're pushing on, um, it makes it a lot easier to approach uh, as a new developer, um, maybe a new dot, somebody who's already a .NET developer or, or not. Yeah. So do you have any idea where this is all going to head post.NET 6? Or, or did, yeah. maybe even if you if there's no official plan, but but is there there's something you would like to see or or something you 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 think where it's going to go? I mean, I I think um it's a lot of the less exciting things than it than used to be in a sense of like, you know, our focus for the last while already has been performance and stability and improving the inner dev loop experience for customers. So like when you make a code change from the time you do that uh, and hit debug, you know, how long does that take to, to open your app up uh, mm-hmm. and improving things like, uh, you know, adding hot reload support and, you know, eventually um, I, there are plans to have C sharp uh, re- hot reload support. Right. Uh, so I think yeah. our focus will continue to be um, how do we, how do we improve those things? How do we make the developer experience better, faster, uh, and just make everyone more productive, you know. And I think if I if you look back, if you've been developing with Xamarin at all for a while, um, I know 
it wasn't that long ago working on my own app that, you know, I, I made a change in code and it had been, it had been months since I had, had worked on the app admittedly. And I made a change in code and I hit the play button and, you know, a, a couple seconds later it was up and running. And I, my first thought was, uh, I don't know if that actually updated everything, <laughs> right? Did that work? Yeah. But no, I mean, we've, we've been, the team has been working super hard at this and there's a lot of creative problem solving and thinking outside the box going into how we build this out going forward. So I think that's, that's really where I'd like to see it continue to head as well, because I think, um, you know, anything we can do to, to make that development process more, more pleasant, uh, you know, more delightful, as we used to say in Xamarin, delighting developers, um, that's, that's where we want to be. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to what you guys come up with. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thanks a lot. I will link to uh, your podcast, to your pool calculation app. Thank you. And uh, also to the the Maui roadmap, the the .NET 6 transition roadmap uh, on GitHub. So thank you very much, John. That was really interesting. Thanks for having me. This was fun. You're welcome. This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again in two weeks. Bye-bye.